Scientists once believed hunger, thirst, sex, and some other survival needs drove everything that humans did. But by 1950, Harvard psychologists found that humans and a lot of animals are driven to explore. The research had been accumulating for years and was denied and shut down. But in the early 20th century, Ivan Pavlov, the famous psychologist who trained those dogs, noticed that his dogs had what he termed investigatory reflex. And I know that's some jargon, but exploration and information collection is a reflex within us. When he would put a dog in a new place, the dog immediately ran about sniffing and exploring for information. What is this? What is that? Where is their food? Can I escape? He also saw that the what is it reflex is in himself, his colleagues, his friends, his family, everyone. Then scientists started to get hungry for information to discover what exploration is about and why it's so critical to our development. I read in this book what he calls informivores, creatures that search for and digest massive information. And just like carnivores, we hunt and eat information. Our search into the unknown to seek information rides the scarcity loop. So it's pretty clear we're all informivores. That drive to know the unknown exists in all of us. It powers the unpredictability of the scarcity loop. And as you can see now, our search for information and advice can spiral into an informational matrix. We're informivores, hoping to find greener grass. Even until 200 years ago, information was still relatively scarce. It was mostly what our senses could take in within person and within the present. Roughly about 15% of the world was literate. If we wanted new info, we still had to get it through a mind-body effort. We had to get out and go get it. And humans lived like this for a long time, present and focused on information relevant to their life. And that was roughly until like 1833. And what's pretty, I would call sad, I know Adam Grant taught me it's people that are unconsciously incompetent to it, is that a lot of people still to this day just rely on their experience to advance their life, which is so sad. I'm reminded of the quote by Socrates, which goes, average people learn from their experiences. Smart people learn from their experiences and other people, aka books and contact with other people to gather information. And the dumbest people already have all the answers. And it's true. So with that, we've got some new scholars who have estimated that in one day, we are now potentially exposed to more information than a person in the 15th century encountered within their entire lifetime. And much of it leverages the scarcity loop to make us feel self-righteous, outraged, happy, sad, or just correct. And that's mostly so that we'll all see ads. It's not on accurate information anymore. A lot of our modern information is produced and processed not by humans, but by computers. What researchers found is that information hits a rate of diminishing returns. When we know nothing, adding information helps us, helps us make better decisions. But if you continue piling on the information, we hit an information overload. And at this tipping point, more information actually leads to worse decisions. The more complex information we deal with, the sooner we hit the tipping point. 
But as informivores, we have no clue when we've hit this tipping point, right? Scarcity brain will continue to crave more information because it evolved in a world where information was scarce and more was better. And psychologists gave a good rule of thumb for this when it comes to making decisions within a sea of information that we live in. And it's similar to the rule, excuse me, rule we can use to determine if we should keep or, or discard an item. When it comes to making everyday decisions, do it within 60 seconds. After that, analyzing any more or taking in more information will only waste your time and will steer you into significantly worse outcomes. Listen, we are all, including myself, constantly weighing trade-offs, determining whether scratching our information itch is going to be worth it. But now it takes no effort to scratch, and we scratch, scratch, scratch until we fucking bleed. And I do that a lot. Today, the information ecosystem expands into any question you can possibly dream of. And the internet contains billions of answers. And there are millions of hits for diet and exercise, productivity, personal relationships, what products to buy, what stocks to invest in, where we should go for dinner, what movie to watch. It extends into our most profound questions like how we can avoid death and why life exists. But it also oozes down to the most mundane details of the first world life. And that wastes a lot of time. Michael finds that the most mundane and unimportant topics are poured onto us daily. And it's hard to notice because of the scarcity loop. You've got, again, scarcity loop. Can't say it enough. I want to help not only myself, but to you guys to be able to always be like, I know what a scarcity loop is. Opportunity, unpredictable reward, repeatability. We're built for it. We love it. And it's hard for us to notice when we're in it. Where is the information coming from? And whenever possible, going to the source and then analyzing their bias and taking that information, going against the grain, seeing what other people that have an opposing view have to say and checking that out because it's information overload and everybody's trying to sell you something. Everybody's trying to get you to click an ad. Everybody's trying to make you mad or angry, upset, scared. I guess those are kind of the same things, but you guys get what I'm saying. Now, I don't want to knock information gathering because when we understand something, we not only possess a lot of independent facts, but we also see how those facts connect. And that's something I crave. It's a part of my scarcity loop with learning. That's why my podcast is called Finding the Patterns. And we're built for that. Humans love it, by the way. We love finding patterns. But second, when we understand something deeply, we possess some internal model or account of it, which we can use to make predictions and conduct further investigations and categorize that information and share it with others. So we're built to crave information, whether we prefer to get it easily or not. It's easier to, quote unquote, pick someone else's brain on something that you think might have info or experience than it is to do your own research, read the books and check to see where those biases are coming from. Now, millions of dollars probably close to billions, have been invested in how to put the scarcity loop within social media and the apps that we use. They leverage the scarcity loop and they fracture our attention and they kill our focus. And, they, and when you do that, it fucks up deep understanding. If we want to gain better knowledge and information, searching for it has to be more labor intensive. Like you got to find the right book. 
and then find the right section within that book. And this is very advantageous. Just as, you know, food has advantages, excuse me, slow food has advantages over fast food, slow information has been shown to be better than fast information because that fast information is not going to be as, let's just call it healthy. You know what I mean? It's a and, and how many people do we know do this, right? They, they just click real quick. First thing that pops up, the fucking Google search has 1.7 million related, uh, you know, blogs and, and fucking articles related to what they just typed in, but they just click the first one. And that one only comes up because an algorithm has shown that most people clicked it. So now you've got this biased perspective that nobody looks into the background from, and you're just kind of a dumbass. I don't want to be like that. And this is obvious, right? When we have a question, most of us tend to go looking online for info. And that only reinforces the idea that we already had. It's a biased. We're looking for, oh, what's it called? Um, it's, it's a bias to seek out what you already know to affirm it. And that is bad, obviously. You know, another thing that Michael found that's very interesting is that the feeling of clarity that we get when we do the, the work, it brings us a comfort and it's a reward because it tells us we don't have to find more information on the topic, aka we don't have to think more about it. And this is why this bias that I'm talking of, and I'm so sorry I can't remember it right now, is, is so bad. It's one of the worst. Confirmation bias. There it is. Confirmation bias. It's so bad because you have to remember that if, if you're seeking out answers to something or you want to have a deeper understanding, your brain is not going to let you know that it is subconsciously looking for confirmation bias, aka it's just looking for pieces of information that say it's right. You got to go against the grain. And I've been practicing this and it's so valuable because way more than half the time, I find that what I thought to be true is not totally true. And that gives me also more aha moments, which is an intellectual orgasm, so to speak. And then I'm in my information scarcity loop. And hey, I'm not trying to knock information gathering. You know, I think there's value, massive value, obviously, gathering knowledge and sharing it with others. We just have to be aware of it, how it works. And it's built into the apps and the internet it's built into even books. I've read a lot of different books on the exact same subject. And it's cool. However, also, I am locked into the scarcity loop. There's an opportunity for an unpredictable reward with my confirmation bias. And it has high repeatability because I can just download another book, listen to another podcast, or go to the bookstore. So just like with food, which I think is a great analogy, it's easy to make delicious food if you give up on its nutrition. But the same happens with truth. It's easy to make seductively clear ideas if you don't care much about truth and nuance. You got to really do the work. You got to keep yourself, you know, you don't got to do anything. I, as Jim Rowan would say, try not to deal in you oughts and you shoulds. It is, it is pretty ugly, I think. I try not to tell anyone what to do. I try to paint a picture so that they can see it for themselves and potentially go against the grain of my perspective and teach me how I might be wrong. So I guess to wrap this up, when it comes to information, stand guard to the door of your mind. That's a quote by Jim Rohn. It's so valuable. Another quote I want to leave you with, two quotes. One more quote by Jim Rohn. 
never buy new antiques. I'm sure you understand the meaning of that. And then lastly is a quote by the book, The Happiness Hypothesis. And I feel it really wraps this episode up. In today's day and age, our prospects are better. Few of our potential sources of wisdom are nonsense, and most of them can be found entirely true. Yet because our library is also effectively infinite, no one person will ever be able to read more than a tiny fraction of it. So we face the paradox of abundance. Quantity undermines the quality of our engagement. And with such a vast and wonderful library spread out before us, we often skim books or just read the reviews. We might already have encountered the greatest idea or the insight that would have transformed us had we savored it, taken it to heart, and worked it into our lives. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Take care, you guys.